0: Welcome to Living Beyond the Book, the show where we help writers move beyond fear, overwhelm and unhealthy habits into a consistent and productive creative lifestyle. Your host, Emma Boone, is an author, publisher, mom, yoga enthusiast and recovering blocked writer. She's here to help you unlock your creative potential. Now let's talk Living Beyond the Book. Hello, I'm so glad you're here today to join us for our second episode in our mini series about messy mapping. Uh, As I mentioned last episode, I would love for you to spend December relaxing and enjoying the holidays and rejuvenating, but also spend a few minutes getting yourself ready for January. A lot of people wait till January to start their goals at all, and then they're using January to get psyched up or up to speed and then their goals don't actually take off. But if you spend a few minutes in January or in December doing stuff that I actually think is really fun and doesn't take very much time, then you can hit the ground running in January and be a step ahead of everybody else who's starting a new project in January. Uh, We've been doing a mini series about messy mapping or having a loose outline of what you want, where you want your story to go. You can be more productive, maintain momentum and push through writer's block. Um, so today we're going to talk about conflict. If you want to go back and listen about premise, then you should. but if you're excited to talk about conflict, then let's get going. So what is conflict? We hear a lot about it in writing. Um, and conflict is the essence of the story. We keep reading when we know when we want to know what happens next. If there's no conflict, then there's no drive to keep reading to figure out where the story is going. So I have this problem. Occasionally, I'll freak out about my real life and yell at whoever will listen, I hate drama. I just want to live a boring life with zero drama. And I actually feel that way. But can you imagine reading that book? Um, It would be so boring. How tedious would it be if there were no drama and conflict in the stories we read or the movies we watch or the television shows? It's why people follow high profile court cases. We always want to see what happens next. We're pulled in by the conflict and it keeps us reading and reading and reading. So because conflict is the heart of the story, it creates the cliffhangers. It makes us stay awake for just one more chapter at night. Um, It's the conflict that creates the intrigue and suspense and tension, and it makes the conflict, it makes the story come to life. So um, I want to give you a few of the more popular examples of conflict, and these are some that I use a lot in my own writing. And there's different formats and structures for conflict, but these are the ones that I feel like are simple and helpful and they're very easy to visualize. The first of them is the hero's journey. A lot of us have heard about this. If you haven't Google it, there's tons of information out there. Um, it's But the structure is basically, there's a main character living an ordinary life that's turned upside down. They have a call to action, it, for example, go save the universe. They turn it down because they don't want that responsibility. And then a mentor comes and teaches them what they need to know before they go out onto the journey. They try and fail and ultimately circle back wiser from that journey. Um, One of the most popular examples that comes up a lot is Star Wars. Um, It's explicitly based on Joseph Conrad's The Hero's Journey. So there are books written about the hero's journey and Star Wars is one that took that and implemented, implemented it specifically for Luke Skywalker. One of the examples that I love is Lord of the Rings and Frodo not filling up to the challenge of the ring, but he has the this group of people willing to help him. He has Gandalf as the wise mentor and he's able to go on this journey and there's he tries and fails over and over again. And that's what gives the conflict is when these terrible things happen to him and we know he's just a good guy trying to do the right thing. So um, there's a lot of drama inherent to the hero's journey. The second one that I'll mention is the try-fail cycle. It's an excellent device for creating tension and suspense because it works in any genre and every time your protagonist tries something, there are four basic possibilities. Does your hero succeed? The first could be possibility is yes. The second possibility is yes, but so he succeeds, but there's some some issue that he didn't foresee coming. The third possibility is no, he doesn't succeed. And what does that mean? And the fourth is no, he doesn't succeed. And also it became worse or uh, something else happened. So yes, yes, but no, and no and. Again, there's a ton of information out there about this on the internet, but it's a great formula to try in the early stages because it's easy to play around with different scenarios for your own characters and see what results create the, the most conflict in your story. So even for, you see this in explicitly in things like Star Wars, where they try and fail, but it's also in romance novels where there's a misunderstanding. It's also in we talked about Lord of the Rings for, or yeah, Lord of the Rings for fantasy. Um, it's in middle grade where you're trying to teach kids perseverance. So it's really present in almost all the stories that we read. It's just not explicit. But using it explicitly as you play through the ideas for your own story before you get started writing is a really fun way to see where you can create more conflict and create more discomfort and more learning opportunities for your character. The third are narrative conflicts. Um, and we most of us learned about these in high school. And um, they're created when the protagonist wants or needs something, but something or someone gets in their way of getting it. And there's seven of those. And these are phrased a little bit differently, but you'll find them again online. If you Google it, there's tons of information. The first is man versus man. But I I because that's sexist, I say person versus person. So if you Google man versus uh, if you google narrative conflicts you'll probably see man versus man but let's just say person versus person to keep it simple so the first one is person versus person the second is person versus god or fate or some bigger entity that's beyond their understanding the third is person versus nature so this is like call of the wild where he's um in conflict with nature or the perfect storm or, uh, any kind of jungle adventure, anything where the person is pitted against mother nature. The fourth is person versus society. I would say this is like the hunger games where there's a structure of the capital and the way the society is set up. I would say this is relevant to pride and prejudice where, um, Elizabeth wants certain things, but they're not what's accepted by society. So anything that puts a person pitted against what society expects of them and demands of them, that is where the conflict comes from. The fifth is person versus self. And this is where your own um, demons get in your way or um, what you want is in conflict with who you want to be or anything like that. And I think this one comes a lot as a secondary conflict. For example, the one that comes to mind is, um, oh my gosh, what's the one with Tom Hanks where he's stranded on an Island. I don't even remember what it's called, but he it's person versus nature because he's got, um, he's got all these elements against him, but then it's also person versus self because he's trying to, um, trying to overcome his own weaknesses and his own fears to survive. So anything that pits you against yourself and your own weaknesses is person versus self. The sixth one is person versus machine or technology. And this is a lot of science fiction. So this could be like I am robot where Will Smith is p- pitted against all the robots or Terminator where people are pitted against these um artificial people with heightened reality and heightened ability. One of my favorite things to watch for person versus machine or technology is the series Black Mirror, because I think that's the whole premise of the series is pitting people against technology in different ways and seeing all the ways that technology can be destructive or um, hurt hurt people, even when we consider it something that's useful, it can also be the downfall. So I think it's a really interesting one. And the final one is seven person versus the supernatural or unknown. So an example of this is supernatural or um, anything where there's something that's unexplained or under- we don't understand. So examples include the TV show Supernatural where there's always a different demon that they're fighting or something like Ghostbusters where they're fighting different entities or stranger things where there's an unknown or supernatural element that they're pitted against. And one thing that I think is really fun to do is take all 70 of these and plug your main characters in them and see which work. A lot of times you'll have more than one scenario and and obviously they won't all work for every genre, but you can have elements in them. So even, for example, a romance novel, the conflict could be person against technology if she has this computer that keeps acting up and it's causing her stress in her life or conflict. Or um, there's a lot of ways you can have the supernatural or unknown or God or fate in any type of story. So play around with these and they might be bigger elements than others, but meshing a few of them together and figuring out how they play into your story is a great way to find the inherent conflict in the premise that you've already developed. So these all three, the hero's journey, the trifill cycle, the the narrative settings, they're all just ways to play around with the conflict and see where you can pull that out. Because conflict is what keeps us going. It keeps us excited about a story. Um, So these are great ways to structure your conflict, but how do you create it in your own writing? So here's 10 ways that you can create conflict. And there's many more, but these are... 10 that I find helpful. Um, First, start in the right place. Kurt Vonnegut says, start as close to the end as possible. So that doesn't mean you don't need backstory or world building or character depth, but it means it's your job as the author to find the best place to start the conflict and leave anything that doesn't serve the story. And I think that's a lot of the challenge for Many of us is we want to start with the slow build and work up to the conflict. No, we want to get right to the conflict and sprinkle in the backstory and character and have those be a part of the narrative instead of holding it back until we get to the good parts. The second is to create new problems, make a list of bad things that could happen to your characters. And this falls back into narrative structures, and then do that. Um, we don't like to hurt our precious characters. But Robert McKee in his book story says true character is revealed in the choice of hu- a human being makes under pressure. So um I think about this with Katniss, like we would have Katniss Everdeen in the Hunger Games. We would have seen her as a nice person and someone who was hunting for her family. But if there wasn't the catalyst of her sister being chosen to fight in the Hunger Games, we wouldn't have seen her as somebody who was selfless and how far she was willing to go to save the people that she loves. And if she hadn't met, um, rue and had bad things happen there we wouldn't have seen the depth of her uh, commitment and the depth of her anger and what actually um, worked to mold her into the person that could become the face of the rebellion so all of those things were awful but they're what gave the conflict to the story and created new possibilities and kept readers reading The third is keep asking what if questions. So especially in the brainstorming part of creating your story, it's fun to ask what would happen if and explore those possibilities with your characters. Um, So mess with your character goals, hurt the people that they love most. That's my favorite is hurting other people that impacts them. Um, Keep saying what if until you have a really great story, even in romance, what... I keep saying even in romance, and I I don't mean to downplay romance. I'm saying sometimes it feels like a simple formula, but we still um, we still need that conflict. We still need the will-she-won't-she tension. We still need something that drives the story, no matter what the genre. The fourth one, we talked about a little with the try-fail cycle, but have your character really try hard and then fail, and then try even harder and fail again, and do it again and again. You get the point, but we really resonate with characters who keep trying, and things don't go how we... We want them to, or they want them to. That's where conflict comes in. Five is give characters realistic consequences for their choices. So this is both positive and negative. Um, but conflict comes as we anticipate the outcomes. I think I like to think of the choose-your-own-adventure stories, and I loved them. I think I read all of them when I was younger. But the problem with them is there was some fun tension but ultimately it didn't really matter what you chose it was going to end up okay anyway but real conflict comes from real real choices and real action um one of the what I haven't read the books but the HBO series game of thrones people were blown away by that because there were real consequences people you really loved died because they had positive and negative impacts for real. And that's what keeps readers turning the pages is if they don't really know what's going to happen. They're not they're not expecting a cliche. They're expecting that you're really going to surprise them. The sixth one is if you're bored with your story, your readers will be too. So blow something up, throw someone off a cliff, make life harder, give them a terminal disease, whatever it takes, make life harder for them and keep the story engaging and keep the conflict growing. Seven. Uh, this is, I think the second most important one is give your readers connections to the characters. So if, if they love one of your characters, they'll feel the emotional impacts as things do or don't go well for them. They'll root for them. We all have characters we love in stories. Um, and we feel more conflict as things happen to those characters that we love. So one example that I always think of is Fred and George and Harry Potter. I like them fine. I They weren't my favorite characters, but I thought they were funny and they were interesting. But the reason I really felt connected to them is how much they are connected to each other, how much they were kind of one entity Um They were the pranksters. They were loyal. Their family loves them. Everyone loves them. And because we have so many connections to uh, Ron and other people, we felt that deeply. And when something bad happened to one of them, we felt it deeply because we knew how much it impacted the other. So the conflict made the emotion that much stronger when things didn't end well. So the conflict always comes out better when we're connected to the characters and we care about whether they live or die. I feel like we've all read a story where we really weren't invested in the character. And so even though there was potential for good conflict, we didn't feel that because we didn't care about the character. This is the last one, and it's the very most important one. I saved it for last. So if you remember nothing else, the most important way to develop conflict is to give your character a goal. All your characters need goals, but especially your main character. Um, They have to want something. If there's no goal, there's no conflict. The plot will just be a story that doesn't have any depth because the character isn't impacted if they don't want anything in the first place. Um, Even if it's something simple, give them a motivation and work against them achieving that. There's always good conflict in that. When you think of conflict, think of reality TV shows. They're perfect example of good drama. In The Bachelor, for example, a group of women want the same thing. They want the dude to fall in love with them. Their motivations might be all different, but they have the same goal, and that puts them in conflict with each other and with The Bachelor's choices. There's conflict all the time, every episode, when one of them isn't chosen for a date every time he kisses one of the girls and not another, every time he eliminates women in the final ceremony, there's constant internal and external conflict. And that's what creates the delicious drama in The Bachelor. Um, the second reality TV show is Survivor. So all contestants come on wanting to outlast the others and win the money and the title of Survivor. Then as they become more hungry and more desperate, their ultimate goal doesn't change, but they're there's conflict in them getting there because we see how much they're really willing to endure to get there, and that's where we see like the good guys and the bad guys because we see what they're willing to sacrifice or who they're willing to hurt to actually get what they want. Um, so they want their goal so badly, and then the writers of the show throw things in the way to see what kind of characters they are. And um, there's a reason both of these series have been on for more than a decade. They're formulaic, but they give us constant conflict. And um, one other thing I won't spend a lot of time on, but both sto- bo- any good story should have both internal and external conflict. So we talked about, oh, Castaway, that's what it's called, duh. Tom Hanks' Castaway, where he has the external conflict of the... Of nature, of battling, being stranded, trying to find enough food to eat, having his best friend be a volleyball—he has all those external conflicts. But he also has internal conflict about um, how he's going to survive and how he keeps his morale high and how he survives internally with so much external conflict going on. One one of my favorite examples is um, if you've read Stephen King's *The Long Walk*, it is a short story about these boys every, I don't know, every year, I think there's a competition where a couple hundred of them start walking. And the only goal is to walk until there's only one left. And if you fall behind, then there's like, you can't stop. You can slow down to a certain pace, but if you stop, or if you slow below that pace, then there's, men behind you with guns and you have three warnings and then they take you out. So you have to keep a specific pace and you have to keep walking. And so the external conflict, it seems really simple, but the external conflict comes in when there's guns behind you, your body starts breaking down, you're hungry, you're so tired. You, um, you just have all these things that are falling apart around you. You see the guy next to you get shot. These are teenage kids. You see the kid next to you get shot. There's so much in external conflict um, just in that in that simple premise then you have the internal conflict of your mental state deteriorating and being scared and tired and sad so you have all of these great internal reflections and the external and I think it's one of the most genius ways of really showing those two coming together to create grave conflict if you had told me that a story about boys walking until there's only one left It doesn't sound really that exciting at all, but he's created so much great conflict in there that it's one of those ones you can't put down. You keep reading to see what happens. So thinking of ways to introduce conflict into your story will not only keep your readers engaged in your story, but also it will help keep you engaged in your story. And if you have scenes you're excited to write, if you have chapters you can't wait to get to, it's going to keep you excited about writing too. And the best way to know that is to, To map out some of these conflicts ahead of time. Obviously, you won't know every conflict ahead of time. That's where there's fun in your story surprising you and deviating from your perfect plan. And those are great too. And that's why I call it a messy map instead of a really strict outline. You want to be creative. If something happens that is unexpected and awesome and better than what you came up with, Absolutely follow that. But having some idea of where the conflict is going to come from ahead of time will make a huge difference in your story being meaningful and you being able to follow through with it. I feel like conflict is essential to having a plot and characters that have enough energy to keep you writing the whole book a lot of times we have a cool premise and it's fun to write the first couple chapters and then we kind of die out because we're tired of it but when you have conflict uh, it keeps you excited about the book as well so keep your readers thriving on your drama this is one time where be a drama queen your story depends on it This week, so your homework assignment is to think about internal and external ways to add conflicts to your story, whether it's the hero's journey or the try or fail cycle or one of the other ways we discussed. Come up with one a motivation or goal for your characters, the main characters and sub characters, because often their goals being different is what drives the conflict. If one person wants one thing and someone they love wants another thing, there's a lot of conflict in that. So each of your characters should have a goal. Second is come up with a plan to throw some wrenches in those character goals. Have fun with this. Make your characters suffer and create drama in fictional life is half the fun. It's where we get to play God and um, cause havoc on people's lives and make them cry and die probably and um, just really make them suffer and make them grow from it. It's not all bad. Uh, we have a million quotes in our real life world about how I don't know, we're all coal waiting to be pressed into diamonds, or it's the it's the hard things that make us who we are. It's the same for our characters. And why would you take that away from them by leaving conflict out of your story? So I hope you found something helpful in this episode. Join us next week as we talk about the next part of messy mapping, my favorite one, which is know your guideposts. Thanks for joining us today, and I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Living Beyond the Book. Make sure to visit our website, livingbeyondthebook.com, where you can find show notes and connect with us outside the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll automatically get new shows every week. And we'd also really love it if you left a review. Now go write those stories. And don't forget to take care of yourself beyond the book.